This is Glenn Healy. Hi, this is Braden Holpe. This is Daryl Sutter. Hi, this is Brian Burke. This is Jordan Tutu. This is Keith Morrison. This is Kelly Rudy. Hi, this is Scott Hartnell. Hey, everybody. My name is Steel Fleury. This is Tim McAuliffe of Sportsnet, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Hopefully, everybody had a great weekend. Uh, I'm excited about today. Um, you know, I haven't known Mr. Jamal very long, but in the short time I've got to know him, uh, he is just one incredible human being. And uh, you're going to get to hear all about it uh, here shortly. So let's get on to today's episode sponsors. Carly Kloss and Windsor Plywood, builders of the podcast studio table. For everything wood, these are the guys. Uh, deck season is absolutely all around us. Um, hopefully the, the the weather cooperates for a few more months because that would be awesome. Anyways... Windsor is stocked up in all their micro-pro Sienna brown-treated lumber, so if you've got a backyard project on the go, stop in and see the group at Windsor Plywood, or just hop on your phone and take a look at their Instagram page uh, and see the cedar deck renovation they did a little while back. Like, sweet Jesus, it's beautiful. Whether we're talking mantles, decks, windows, doors, or sheds, these are the guys. Give them a call, 780-875-9663. Trophy Gallery, downtown Lloyd Minster, uh, they are Canada's supplier for glass and crystal awards. Uh, we just came through uh, a crazy week in the NHL, and if you're looking for memorabilia, I, uh, you know, Clint and the team over there have some pretty cool uh, autographed jerseys, pictures, etc. And so, for any sports fan looking to get uh, some memorabilia, Clint is the man. Uh, he's got stuff. You know, stuff right in store um, that is just sharp if you're looking to do awards or uh, maybe you got some, uh, you know, playoff drafts going on, that type of thing. Us and the Newman family have used them uh, to do our engraving for quite some time. If you want to take a look, go to trophygallery.ca. All sizes, all shapes, all price ranges. Contact Clint at Trophy Gallery, uh, downtown Lloydminster today. They are Canada's award store. Uh, visit trophygallery.ca to see everything you got in stock. Jen Gilbert and team for over 45 years, since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Banker Cityside Realty have served Lloydminster and the surrounding area. They offer star power, providing their clients with seven-day-a-week access. Um, service obviously is a priority to them because they know big life decisions are not made during office hours. That's Coldwell Banker, Cityside Realty, for everything real estate, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 780-875-3343. You got that house? Why not give mortgage broker Jill Fisher uh, a call? Now, obviously, her name says it all. She serves the areas of Lloydminster, Bonneville, Cold Lake, and Vermilion, and she's looking forward to working with you for all your mortgage needs. Uh, Maybe you're like this guy, and you're going, now what now? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's the, the the mortgage rates are just constantly changing. This is We're coming out of the year that has just been uh, one of the strangest years of my life, I'm sure for your life as well. And uh, you might as well get a leg up on uh, what you're doing with your house, what you're doing with your mortgage rate, and how she can help you, all right? So give her a call, 780-872-2914, or visit her at jfisher.ca, and she'll help clear it all up for you. Clay Smiley and the team over at Profit River. Uh, update on the new building. The interior walls and vault are under construction. They have custom walnut cabinetry and gun rack being built as we speak. Uh, they're moving into the old buckle building, uh, which is pretty cool. I can't wait to take a look inside. They specialize in importing firearms from the United States of America. 
They do all that pesky, pesky paperwork that none of us want to do, and they make sure that it's uh, that it gets into your hands. That's that's as simple as it is. They take care of registering the firearm and everything, and get it to you by mail, courier, or bus, wherever you are. All right, just go to ProfitRiver.com and check them out today. They are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories serving all of Canada. If you're looking for any outdoor signage, head over to Read and Write or give them a call, 306-825-5111. I always got to plug Mrs. Deanna Wandler. She's always making me look sharp. And Gartner Management, they're a Lloydminster-based company specializing in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs. Uh, Whether you're looking for a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space, give Wade Gartner a call today, 780-808-5025. And if you're heading into any of these businesses, make sure you let them know you heard about them on the podcast, right? Now let's get on that T-Bar 1, Tale of the Tape. Originally from Calgary, he's a co-owner of Wayside Dental, teammate of the Bike for Breakfast crew, builds water wells in Nicaragua, a dental leader for Change for Children where he goes around the world to remote places with no access to dentists. I'm talking about Neki Jamal. So buckle up, here we go. This is Neki Jamal and welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Well, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Necky Jamal. So, uh, first off, thanks for hopping in the studio with me, big fella. Sean, always a pleasure, buddy. You've uh, you've been the highlight of my year so far. I have to say, <laughs> meeting Sean Newman, getting to know Sean Newman was the highlight of 2021 because it, I guess, it's really shaped my year. Hey, you think so? I think it's shaped my year, Sean. Well. Yeah. I gotta well here I'll put the I'll put the camera on you I I'm I, um, I gotta grab something out of the fridge for you yeah oh well, let me guess no I went to oh, I good, went good, good. I went to uh, so here's the backstory for the listeners they're going what on earth is happening here <laughs> I uh, me and Neki we sat down with um, a group in town. And I got telling the story of how I first met Necky, and he walks into the podcast studio when we're having the first meeting of Bike for Breakfast. Uh, at that point, we didn't know it was Bike for Breakfast. At that point, we didn't even know what was going on. Just I had this idea, so I invite Necky. I send Necky a message. At this point in time, we do not know each other. I've sat in the <laughs> dentist chair like once or twice, and uh, and we're sitting there, and he walks in, and he's got his glasses on. His stylish glasses, and you know, he, he's looking all I don't know, dapper. And so, I'm, I'm explaining this to these guys, and I say, and he looks like he drinks cider. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, geez, that I was just, you know, I was like, I, I was treating you like uh, you're a hockey player in the locker room, and I'd known you for like 10 years. And then I'm like, oh, I really hope he didn't take that the wrong way because I was like, Huh, the, the cider comment might have, you know, we've only <laughs> known each other for like three weeks at this point. If that's what it takes to offend me, then uh, so be it. But no, man, it was, uh, it's been awesome, Sean. We've, uh, we've gone on quite a ride so far this year. We certainly have. So wh- what I did was I went down to uh, our buddy uh, Brad, Mr. Hoffman at Fourth Meridian, and I, I was trying to find a cider, which <laughs> wasn't there. So I got a sour instead. Does that work? Perfect. Does that work? Sean loves his sours. I remember that from the trip. You may take the first there, big oh. shooter. Right out of the growler. Well, I'm excited about this. Uh, for the listener, 
I always go back. It was like right around April 1st when, when I send Necky this message on Instagram just because he, I can't remember, something about helping uh, less fortunate or I can't remember now, but I was like, I should just message this guy. And then I'm like, you want to meet tonight? Yeah, I want to meet tonight. And from there, uh, and I know people have probably heard this before, from there, Bike for Breakfast is is truly born. So first off, cheers, man. Cheers, it's cool, man. To, cool to have you in the studio. Now, the reason I got you in here, ooh, that is that is some fine uh, draft from Forth. Shout Brad out again to Brad. Good yes, beard. he does. Yes, he does. He makes a funny biker, but uh, <laughs> one hell of a beard. When he took his shirt off and it was what? I felt like minus 20 with all the wind and uh, riding down the highway in the rain. That was, that was something else. You, you got to see the inner Brad then. Because he's pretty. Re- he's a reserved dude. He's a reserved dude, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, his inner colors came out, and it was, it was pretty awesome to see that, I think. Yeah, well, he, for the once again, for the people who didn't see it, he put on these like little blue spandex shorts and rode without a shirt on and it was raining and it was just yeah, miserable just and it isn't like it is right now right now it's like plus 30 outside everybody's cooking yeah back then it was a little bit chillier <laughs> to say the least yeah i was uh, i was dreading the last 50k of that it was uh, it was pretty cool but what did you what did you think of the you know we're through bike for breakfast it's it's behind us now or i mean it's we're still getting donations i was literally just talking to brad about this, this is wild yeah but uh what did you think of the you know from where we started in this room here to calling it race and hunger to you know <laughs> like for bike for breakfast to, to getting the logo built uh adding all the team members in you know yeah. what are your thoughts on the experience you know sean i i i'm sure you agree with me i don't think either of us could have predicted its success to, to become this big. I think our original goal was, was, you know what, we're going to raise a hundred grand for schools in and around Lloyd because Lloyd Minster isn't Lloyd Minster. It's, it's the surrounding communities that make Lloyd what it is, as you said. And uh, I don't think either of us would have predicted it's, it's success and it's, you know, ability to drive the community to think big and to think of something beyond themselves. And, and let's, let's take on this crazy goal of feeding every single kid in Lloyd for like for breakfast every day. Why, why can't we do that right now? We, we live in, I would say, you know, from my past experience, one of the most charitable towns I've ever been a part of, like where everyone wants to help. I think that's a unique, um, unique ability of, of the Lloyd Minster people. We just have it in our hearts to help. And so, um, it's, it's cool just how the whole community took, took it upon themselves to, to take on this goal that we had. So I don't know. I can talk about this stuff forever. It just, it warms my heart, man. <laughs> well, it, it was, uh, I call it the bullet train. Cause I mean, once, once it got rolling, the entire group that we assembled, yeah. which is even more hilarious, right? Like, it's just like, I, I call this the bad news bears because you know, if you've ever watched the movie, bad news bears, like there are a bunch of kids that don't play ball and they're trying to play a baseball yeah. team, essentially, right? Well, we were a group of people. Sure, I'd ridden across Canada, but that's that's a lifetime ago at this point. Between the group of us, nobody had ridden longer than 20K on a highway in the past five years, let alone the past decade. Some had never even ridden that far in their lifetime on a highway. So it was like, it, to pull off what would happen was incredible. 
What I'm curious about is what did you think of the actual bike trip? There was a lot that went on. Obviously, losing the bus was stressful on everybody. Yeah. But getting there, getting back, seeing everybody get out of their comfort zones, um, dealing with the elements, tired, dark, you know, everything. We had a lot thrown at, of, uh, th- thrown at us, um, whether it was, you know, you biking the first night in the lightning storm or on the way back, the tornado warnings that we're all going like, what on earth are we doing here? You yeah. know, the extreme heat of one day at 30, 30 above to by that night, it was plus five. Totally. And you're like, what is this, right? To have that big of a drop. Um, what did you think of it? I, man, the most I biked before this trip was I used to work at the zoo in Calgary in university and I would ride my bike to the zoo. But one day I was riding and it was raining out and I slipped like when I grabbed on my brake and I smashed my, like I fell off my bike and smashed my head on the road, cracked my helmet in half. And ever since then, whenever I see a kid riding around the street without a helmet, I let them know of this, you know, tragic event that, that could have happened. But anyways, that was my last experience on a bike, man. And then to jump into riding on the highway, I remember I had to, like, I felt like I, I needed someone to hold my hand to go down Highway 17 for the first time while we were training and be like, you know, this really wide shoulder, the cars, they're not going to hit you. And in the, in the back of my head, I'm always thinking like, you know, someone's texting or, or something crazy like that and I'm going to get hit. So that's always, you know, in the back of my mind, but getting on the trip and just giving it all you have and knowing that, you know, when your turn's up, you have to leave it all on the road. That's kind of what motivated me. And, and, uh, I love that, you know, I got to ride that North Battleford Hill cause that was a hill I was nervous about. Right thinking like, man, what if I can't get up that hill fast enough and, you know, I have to get off my bike and walk because that would just be embarrassing, right? And uh, no, it's it, it was, that, that part was amazing. I was, you know, happy to, to give it my all. And, and when everyone got out of their comfort zone, when everyone was tired because no one slept in like, you know, 30 hours, you got to, you know, meet everyone's inner self. And I, I know I just went quiet and was thinking like, how is Jim so funny right now? Like you just sit there and you just say the dumbest stuff and you just laugh. Your, because your because off. Jim slept the entire yeah, time. Totally. He's the one who didn't have 30 hours of sleep. Yeah. Oh man. And I remember like, uh, yeah, like poor Nat, he, she, she, uh, she got a little dehydrated because you guys were giving her when we were all stuck on the, on the bus, you guys were, you know, going, going flat out and it was hot. And so it, it was just cool to see everyone push themselves and push themselves for a greater cause. Don't you cool. don't you think that uh, more people should push themselves? Like you just don't understand what you're capable of if you get out of your if you get out of your shell. Absolutely, but uh, you know I had this conversation. You know we, we were talking about Mikey Dubs before, and I love Mikey. But the thing I like about Mikey is his mentality. Because I asked him, I'm like, what makes you not quit? We all have that voice in our head. We'll be running, and for some people it's two kilometers, and some people it's you know. When you're running 30 kilometers, you have this voice in your head and saying like, you know, it's time to stop. You know, it's really easy to pretend an injury, you got an injury right now. It's really easy to do this, but to tell that voice to shut up and keep on going. To me, that's, I think that's what, what separates us and that's what builds character. And, uh, uh, it doesn't only have to be physical. It's, it's mental too. Like what makes you keep on going when, when you feel like your back's up against the wall, what makes you you know, turn right into the wind and keep on going for some more. So, um, you know, I, I don't have all the answers for that right now, but I, uh, I don't even know, man. What did, what did, what did Mikey say when you asked him? He, he's just like, man, there's no voice. 
after a while, there is no voice. You, you create that voice. You just tell that voice to shut up and keep on going. And I feel like, you know, throughout my life, I was never one like, yeah, I'll run like a half marathon, but I'm not running 60 K like, or 150 K like what he did on the treadmill or 130 K. But we all have those points in our life where you just, you say, okay, this sucks. I'm going to push through and I'm going to, you know, make a, a, a better life for myself. Well, I could sit and talk bike for breakfast yeah. all day long. Cause it was, it was, um, well, yeah, like I say, it was a bullet train. I I don't know if we caught lightning in a bottle, yeah. whatever it was. It was um, it was something that you just won't soon forget, right? Sure. But what I really wanted to bring you on for is, you know, I, I I get to... The trip was really cool because, you know, I went from not knowing who you were to within three months, you know, it's only been four months, like, it's pretty crazy, to feel like we've, got, we've seen some things, and yeah. that's brought us pretty close totally. uh and that doesn't happen unless you facilitate that right and uh and so now i'm just like you know i really want to sit down everybody talks you know you have a buzz around town uh you're you're the dentist who is always seems to be putting his right foot forward and uh never backs away from a challenge things like that and so i'm like you know i kind of want to know the necky origin story i kind of i want to <laughs> i kind of want to hear what it is. Now, first, before we get there, I do have to point out that possibly one of my favorite listeners out there uh, is your office manager, and she was already talking to me today about you coming on, and she's all excited about it. How is working with Miss P? Um, I think it's 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 awesome. I think she Putting challenges on me. The spot. <laughs> yeah, she, she challenges me to, you know, we, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And I think that's what makes us an amazing team. Because we'll, I'll come up with an idea and she'll be like, Neki, that's a horrible idea. She'll come up with an idea and I'm like, P, that's the shittiest idea I've ever, I've ever heard in my life. But when we're, you know, when we have that common goal, it's nice to have someone that you know always has your back. And I can say anything to her and she can say anything to me. And we always have each other. And so I call her my work wife. Um, we, we fight and we love each other at the same time. And uh, I think that's the the common key to any you know great work relationship, and and I value everything that uh, Patricia um, does for Wayside, but also um, does for me. Like she's she's I'd say you know one of my strongest supporters out there, and and I get some really crazy ideas, Sean, and we can talk about those too. And and she's always the first one to you know have my back, and so I can't thank Patricia enough. Like I, I love her to pieces. Well, P didn't think I was going to ask about her, but I thought, you know what? P's been blowing my <laughs> phone up about all these different episodes she's listening to. I better ask when her uh, co-worker yeah. is uh, She's my here. boss. She's my boss. That's, That's right. Boss. That's right. <laughs> I, I was like, how do I phrase this, right? Yeah, no, she's my boss. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's good right now. I'm sure someday she just wants to strangle me, but uh, I know she's got my back and I got hers. So give me the, give me the Necky origin story. You know, everybody knows you in town as... The Lloyd Minster dentist, always smiling, always uh, talking with his hands, etc. Um, now, does everyone make fun of me for that? I don't make fun <laughs> of you. I think it's there's nothing wrong with it. I talk with my hands too. Okay, okay. Um, you know, it's 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 tough. We all have those defining moments in our lives, and and uh, I think everyone goes through a certain amount of trauma in their life, and and it's it's how you bounce back from that, and how you you know, create the best of a bad situation. 
And if we want to, you know what, let's just go right into it. I'm not going to hold back. I know a lot of people don't know my story and, and uh, know much about, about my life. And, and so I, I got to throw it out there. So when I was, when I was young, my, my defining moment for me was my mom telling me you're going to be dealing drugs in the, in, in the, in the back alley, basically when you're a teenager and hearing, hearing that, like it gives you pause at, at 13 years old. And I was never a good, never a good student. I didn't like, I liked playing basketball. I like watching basketball on TV. I thought I was going to be Shaquille O'Neal when I was older. And hearing that set, set my life on fire. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to prove to you what I can do. And that moment, I, I still remember it as if it was yesterday. I still have goosebumps right now because man, I got shivers right now. Cause that, that changed my life. And whenever I think about how I'm going to set this world on fire. It's, it's that moment right there. That's, um, I don't know. We all, I, I'm a parent. I just can't, yeah. I can't, I don't want to rag on anyone. I just, yeah. I, I look at that and I, I hear that and I'm like, who that's, that's heavy. Is, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like no, I don't know. I, I would hopefully never say that to my children. Right, because I want the best for him all the time. I'm trying to put the best for him. Totally. So it's, it's tough, but I, I haven't spoken to my mom since that day either. You haven't spoken to her. I haven't seen my mom since I was uh, 13 years old. Yeah, I think she lives in Calgary. You know, yeah, my parents, my parents split up, and that's the last day I saw my mom. I hate yeah. to pry. I gotta, <laughs> but have you ever thought about like just like? I don't know, man. Like. I, I, I don't want to say I struggle with it because I don't, I don't think about it. And I know like, man, like we all see counselors and, and we all, you know, think about it like, oh, you have unsolved like parent issues, but I don't, man. Like I, I feel, I feel great. I feel like I'm in a, a I've been in a great place in my life for, you know, a long period of time. Um, we all get thrown off here or there, but like my dad and I have the most solid relationship and I'm so blessed to have him in my life. And he lives in Calgary and he comes to visit me. And if you hung out in, him, in Tim Hortons for long enough, he's probably the one buying your kids cookies because he always sits in Tim Hortons and buys everyone cookies for some reason. But <laughs> that's my dad. Um, yeah, he... Uh, I, I know I'm, where you get it from. Though, yeah, right? no, I'm just, I'm just super lucky to have my dad in my life. And, and I haven't seen my mom and, and uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't need to. That's fair. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I come from a completely different story, so yeah. I just curious, right? Like, totally, right? You know, yeah. to hear that and then never look back. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool how you took something extremely negative, right? Like, there's two ways that road goes. There's a fork there. Yeah. Right. One is down the old dirt path and. Who knows where it leads? The other one is you hit the express land and let's let's supercharge this. And that's what you've been doing. You know, I've got to see it for the last three months. It's like it's, you know, getting to be around guys who are busier than me, which is like impressive and successful at it, which is even more impressive. And you're a guy that is taking a very. I don't know. I don't know the word, the, a very troubling moment and have turned it into something that just has bared a ton of fruit. Yeah, it was, uh, it, thanks man, but it's, it's, it's been cool. The, the hard part for me was, and I guess the most interesting part for me, like looking back was seeing my dad 
like we didn't we didn't have a place to live we didn't have food and he would always ensure i had lunch which is crazy like looking back as an adult like i very rarely bring lunch to work and knowing like when i was 13 years old i'd go to school and he'd he'd always buy the expensive fruit like plums you know what i mean like the 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 fruit in the grocery store like usually you just get a banana if you're lucky right but like he would always make sure i had strawberries or plums or something i'm just bringing a tear to my eye right now cuz it just shows how much he cared for me when I was a kid when we didn't have anything. You know what I mean? So seeing and remembering those parts about my dad makes me want to be a better person and also makes me remember of how how big of a rock he was when I was growing up, man. So it's cool. Uh, I think I caught in there that you didn't have a place to live. And yeah. I, I've heard you kind of talk about this before. So you you were living out of a vehicle then? Yeah, my dad and I, we, uh, um, that day, my, we're getting right into it here, Sean. You're killing me here. My, the day when my dad, or when, and that mom, when my mom said that to me, I, uh, I went to go live with my dad and, and, uh, we didn't have a place to live. And so, uh, we were staying at friends' houses. And so I would, you know, go for sleepovers. We all go for sleepovers at our, at our buddies' houses. And I just stayed a little bit longer. And my dad would like, you know, do the same thing and we didn't have anything. And so we got back on our feet and then, you know, we were slowly able to rent an apartment. And, and, uh, I, I always remember the generosity of others. And when I grew up, I knew I wanted to be that person for someone else. And it's, it's really cool that I've been able to be like, I've been able to, you know, give back in ways I never thought I would have ever imagined right and so it's it's really cool and and i feel like i'm just getting started um i hate to pick you know you say oh we're getting right into it but i think it's really powerful for people to understand you can go from where you were at and get and i mean look at what you become nick you're an extremely successful guy in lloyd minster you do amazing things all the time right like you're a huge supporter of the community and giving back and everything else but for people to hear, like, listen, it wasn't on a silver spoon. And, you know, I think I think that's really, uh, it's a good motivator. And it's a good uh, story for people to hear. Like, it's it doesn't have to be a hand-me-out. Like, you're, like, that's pretty crazy, right? And I yeah. think that's really powerful for people to hear. That's the only reason I ask. I don't mean to do it <laughs> no, no, to, bring no, up, just... uh, to bring up any, you know, obviously it's going to bring up some, some, some memories for you. But I think for people listening... Um, emotion is a strong, um, motivator, right? Oh, totally. And and it resonates with people when they hear that. They're like, wow. You know, I, I had dad on here, um, about three, four episodes ago for father's day. Yeah. So maybe that's a little more than three, four episodes ago. People still reach out to me pretty much every second day because they finally have listened to it. And he's emotional the entire thing. Cause what we do is we talk about his um, two, three year, well, probably two to five years span, which were the toughest years of his life and the generosity of people around this area and specifically that help him get through it. And that's really good for people to hear Yeah, that, you know, like it's good for dad to get it off his chest, but it's really good for people to hear that, wow, that really meant something to him, uh, when I did, you know, X, Y, whatever it is. Yeah. No, totally, man. And 
I think emotion's the the biggest motivator out there because it lights a fire under your ass to to do something about your situation. And I just remember, like my dad telling me, he's like, "Like, do you see all this here?" Yeah, so there. Outside. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, you see all this here? Like, this this can change. This can change your life right here. Like, you you have the ability to, to create something amazing. And I found that ability through school. And I, I studied my ass off, and I was never a smart kid. I'm still not the smartest dude, man. But I'm willing to work harder than everyone else in the room. <laughs> Neki's getting the full experience. I, I like it. You know, I'm getting the window wiped down right now. The tune's blaring outside. We're both kind of staring like, where's that sound yeah. coming from? <laughs> but that's that's what it is. Yeah. Um, do you always want to be a dentist? Like, I, I'm i trying to figure out, you know, did you always like, you got a, you got a beautiful smile, Neki. Thank right? you. Like, Thank you, know, you man. He, Thank you. He's, he's uh, for all the listeners who don't want me to get my teeth fixed, we're in the process of it. I was there today. <laughs> and... Uh, and I'm sure it just pains him to look over at me and see the the old hockey grin. Yeah. But I mean, did you always want to be a dentist? Was that you know? Let me like let me tell you my going back to my dad. He uh, I remember going to the dentist when I was like living with him, and and you could literally drive a truck between my two front teeth. I was a hundred <laughs> pounds overweight. I uh, I was a fat kid, <laughs> and I had just I had like a Michael Strahan gap <laughs> between my front teeth. And at 13 years old, that's not helping anyone, right? A little bit pudgy, and uh, yeah, and these teeth were ever were always too big for my face, right? But going through braces gave me confidence, and that's something that you can never buy, and that's something that you can never. How did, gain from anything how else. did going through braces give you confidence? You mean your teeth getting my teeth, fixed? My teeth gave me confidence, man. Man, my teeth allowed me to smile. I'd be sitting here right now with my hand over my face if if I had the teeth I had when I was 13. And so Isn't that interesting? It is. And that's that's the power of dentistry, man. And once I found that out, I'm like, dang, I'm gonna be a dentist. But then I'm you know, in second year university and I go to my dentist and you know, get get your, you know, checkup and cleaning. I look up and he's like, so what are you going to be? And I'm like, I want to be a dentist, but my hands are too big. So I can't do that. And he's just like, what do you mean your hands are too big? And I'm like, man, I'm six foot five. I got big hands. And he's like, and he puts up his hands to mine and, and I, mine were like, like little shrimp hands compared to his. And so, um, once I found out that my hands weren't too big, <laughs> I, uh, I jumped right into it, man. That was cool. And then, uh, yeah, I went to U of S for dental school. I did my undergrad at U of C in Calgary and then I went to U of S for dental school because there isn't a dental school in Calgary. So I find it very interesting that a smile gave you confidence. Dude, uh, how uh, does it not? Like I'm, I love how you have so much confidence and you, you're just proving me wrong right here. Right? Like, uh, no, 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 but, 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 right? but, but, yeah. but everybody, everybody has their, uh, everybody has the thing that gives them confidence, right? Totally. So I don't know. Uh, for me, it's always been uh, it's always been body weight. Always as a as a young kid, I was always pudgy. I was this short, yeah, stocky yeah. kid. Yeah, and the stupid comments, and it just always bothered me. It still lingers now, right? Like, yeah. I hate the comments. I hate the weight comments. I think uh, there's nothing more to to kids. I could see how the teeth thing got you. Yeah. Um, and for me, in hockey and everything, I just learned to kind of become a a little bit numb to it. Kind of like yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. F them. I don't really care, right? Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. care what everybody else thinks. But tons of kids, uh, you know, don't develop into their body until later on. Totally, right? right? Or yeah. don't start going to the gym until later on. And then, I mean, like, 
Mackey, you're one of the fittest guys I know, right? Like, it's funny to hear that you were a pudgy guy. Oh, man. And that, and that <laughs> your teeth were the thing that gave you confidence. Because my teeth, I've always rocked it. I've never had any issue with my teeth whatsoever. I understand that um, I look better with a full set, even if all the people who love the, the teeth say that that's not true. It is totally true. I totally admit that I will look... I don't know, whatever it is, better yeah, with yeah. a full set. But it's never bothered me. Not once. I enjoy it. I think it's a conversation starter. Let's have some fun. This is who I am. And if you don't like it, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But like, to me, if you're going to judge me off my teeth, and that's a that's a deal breaker right off the hop, chances are we're <laughs> not going to be friends. Anyway. Yeah, of chances course, are right? not, right? Yeah. No, man, it's, 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 it's confidence, man. Like, to be able to, for me anyway, I can walk into a room with a big goofy grin and I can get everyone <laughs> on my side right away. Right. Like I, I just feel like if I can smile at someone, I can, we can communicate and we know we're already on the same page. To me, that's what it is. How happy are you that masks are gone away now outside? I know in work, yeah. uh, it's a little masks, different. We, we still are at work. Part of me is like, you know what, man, I haven't been sick in a year and a half. I kind of love it. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to get on with the real world and, and I'm happy that when I walk in a store, you know, I don't have to wear a mask because it is hard to, you know, when people wave at you, especially and they're like, Hey, I think I know you, but uh, all I can see is your eyes. It's crazy how it hard it was to identify people when you can't see their bottom half. Oh, Isn't totally. that wild? Yeah. It's like, right? I think, do I know you? Do I not know you? Right. Yeah. And it's all it is, is like, you know, the bottom half covered up. Why would it make it that tough? Totally, right? And all the misinformation out there, like, or I guess differing opinions about it. And it, it for me, it's it's hard because I get all different opinions come to see me as, like, you know, their dentist, right? And so I, I never want to say the wrong thing. Like, you know, there's harsh people that, like, don't come near me if you're not wearing a mask. And there's some people that says, take your mask off if you're going to talk to me. And and you're just sitting here being like, I'm just going to play the safe card and not even talk about it. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I'm happy to play along the rules. I'm not going to stir up uh, controversy about, about masks and I don't really care, man. <laughs> we I got guess, bigger fish to fry out there. I guess I was just, I'm just happy to see people smiling again. Absolutely, I got, you know, I got to, right? the parade was today. So I got yeah. to bike around. Yeah. And like wave and smile and say hello to everyone. And if anyone knows me, that's exactly what I want to do. Right. Right. Yeah. I want to talk to all the little kids. I want to talk to the old women who are sitting there. You know, there's this there's this great uh, group of ladies, probably, I don't know, I'm terrible with na- uh, numbers, but let's say there were 75 sitting out there with candy that had been handed to them yeah. and coffee. With the, It pulled out, like made a pop-up table and they had their chairs out and I'm like, Oh man, that's slick. When I'm that age, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to have a little <laughs> Bailey's in my coffee, yeah. but that's exactly what I'm going to do. They were having a grand old time, but everybody's smiling, right? And I just I just love that you can, just by biking, I could feel that again. Totally. And uh, it's been something that's been a little bit lost for the last little bit. So uh, I agree. I, I, we don't need to go down the rabbit <laughs> hole of it, but yeah. it's so fresh. It was only Sunday yeah. that it all came back and to see everybody smiling and and enjoying everybody's presence and pulling, you know, how do you get community? You have people out, um, start to, uh, spread the, you know, I see you're wearing a piece of love shirt, right? Yeah. Like start to bring the love back together, right? Totally, like right? It, you gotta, you gotta get that feeling going. Cause when we're all isolated, not talking, man, it's, it's a different world to go even to the grocery store. Totally, man. And I think we need to like heal as a society too. Like we've, we've been through a lot this last year and a half. And it's, it's important to know that, that we are still one community, right? 
And so I, I think we're making a step forward in the right direction, hopefully. And, and, uh, all this, you know, all the relaxation of rules proves to be, you know, the right decision because I think we're all ready for that to get back to normal too. I wish I was in the parade today though. Yeah, I was a little disappointed, yeah. you know? Gotta work. That, that was a drop of the ball by <laughs> Necky. Um, what was it like when you graduated? That must have been a pretty uh, special day to graduate from dental school, Yeah, I assume, right? Like, Yeah. You know, I, uh, I had this passion to do something, but I didn't know what. And I never had the ability to travel when I was a kid. And uh, like... Like, you know, all your friends when you're in university, they, they go to Mexico and in Christmas break and stuff or whatever. And I'm like, I was broke, so I didn't have any any cool opportunities like that. But I was really dying for an adventure. And so I remember hearing a story um, that one of my professors told me. He's like, you know, I was going down the Amazon River and I was fixing teeth. And I was like, what? We can do that? Like, we can do that right now? Like, sign me up. So within three months, no, four months, um, I signed up for a trip to the volcanic region of Guatemala and I wanted to fix teeth like on the bases of vol- volcanoes and, and, you know, see that part of the world because I never had the ability to travel. Right. And that was my first taste of what dentistry really is, man. Like dentistry in, in, you know, in Canada, it's, it's one thing like, you know, we're, we're fixing smiles. We, we, uh, you know, get rid of toothaches here and there, but like, it's not the like the real essence of, of like, you know, getting people out of pain. Of course, we get people out of pain on a daily basis. But like you go to some of these regions around the world that people have never even seen a dentist and they've been living with abscessed teeth for decades. And to see that that part um, of the world and to know that you can help in such a massive way to these people, it, it, that's what, you know, got me about my profession is we have the um, ability to change lives. And it doesn't have to be through, you know, giving people a smile. It can be getting people out of pain so they can move on with their life. And I never understood that until I went to Guatemala for the first time. You know, you've done a lot of overseas now. Uh, is there a story you have like of, you know, that just, you you know, you're talking, I, I I don't know. I I can't imagine not ever seeing a dentist. I don't want to see a dentist, but at least I have the option. Yeah. Um, what was one of the countries then that it, you'll never forget because of what you got to do there? Yeah, man, I, I, I have so many stories. I've traveled through like, you know, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Peru, Ecuador. We were just in India right before COVID. Um, but like one story always stands out and like, man, once you, once you know me, I'm a pretty emotional dude. Like it doesn't take much for me to, you know, get kind of sad and teary. I don't bring out the tears, bring out the tears. But, uh, I still remember it. We're working in an orphanage in Guatemala. Again, I've been to Guatemala and Nicaragua the most out of all the places. And so I was in Guatemala. We were working on an orphanage in the kitchen and we had like people, the, the, you know, the kids, they would sit on the kitchen table. It was like this metal table and she lied down and, and they have their bibs on them. Like, you know, the dental bib with their name and their age. And so her name is Maria. And, um, she had, a uh, an infected front tooth. And in Canada, what we would do is we would do a root canal and get rid of the, get rid of the nerve and you can save your tooth. But down there, we don't have the ability to do that. Like we we're working and there's no power, like there's no x-rays, there's nothing. Right. So I was told by the senior dentist, remember I was in my first year at this point. And so I don't know what necessarily is going on and how these trips work. Right. 
And so the dentist says 11X. And what 11 is, is that's your very front tooth, and X means you got to take it out. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this. Like, I'm going to get this girl out of pain. This is my job. This is what I'm here for. This is what I signed up for. And so I freeze her up and I'm like, you know, talking in my broken Spanish, which is kind of weird, by the way, like having someone do such a, like such a traumatic thing to you and they can't even speak your language, first of all. So it's hard to communicate, but I think I'm doing her a favor. Right. And so I'm like, you know, I freeze her, I freeze her up and I, and I pull her front tooth and she looks up at me and she says in Spanish, like, are we done? And I was like, yeah, like, you're good to go. Like, go grab a prize at the table. Like, she'll take you out of here. And she feels around her face. And she's like, we're all done? And I was like, yeah. And then she looks up and a tear falls down her face. And she's just like, when's the next tooth growing in? And I said, well, we have an interpreter, right? And I'm like, there is no next tooth. That is your front tooth. And she says, with this hole in her smile now, how am I going to get married? And that's when it clicked for me. How is this girl going to get married? How is her ability to get out of the life she currently is in? Cause they get married at a young age there. Right. I've just, I've just screwed this poor girl over. Like I I've done something horrible to this girl and, and it kills me to this day that I can't go back and reverse my decision but I felt like I was doing what I was told to do and like, you know, what was best. And this poor girl may not be able to get married now. Do you know what I mean? Like she may not be able, she may not, how is she going to get out of that orphanage? And so that's the power that we have as healthcare providers is, is we have to, you know, always think of what's best for the patient. And I got a, a, you know, a bad lesson of that right, right off when I started. Right. So that's, that's the story that kept me going back for more thinking, I can't make those mistakes again. And, and how am I going to, you know, make that mistake right? And uh, I, I often think about that before every brigade we go on. And I share the story with all the new, like, you know, dentists coming on board saying, like, everything you do has an impact. And what are you going to do to create a positive impact? And if that's, you know, not taking out that tooth, but instead, let's get her to the next major city and we can all pool some money and we can pay for her to fix her front tooth so she doesn't have to lose her front tooth because at 13 years old that, that's quite a traumatic event for especially a young lady right and uh that's that was really hard on me at uh you know as as a new dentist so it's it's interesting to to see you know how how you can help people without um you know doing the the traditional mode of you know, the therapy. So yeah, I, I find that one hard. You have moments in your life that uh, stick out to you then. Yeah, totally. Um, I think we all do, right? This is what, it, it's what shapes us. And it, it's, it's, you make a mistake and I fully admit I made a mistake and, and I want to make right by her. So I'm never, I'm like, unfortunately I'm never going to see her again, but I can help out all the other, you know, young ladies in a similar situation. And so now we have a rule on our brigades and whenever we bring dental students with us, like I share the story and I say, we are never taking out, you know, front teeth on, on young kids and, and, um, we will do everything we can to get them, you know, the right care that's, that's needed, even though we're an emergency, you know, dental brigade in, in the middle of a remote region in Guatemala, we can pool our resources and make things happen. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, uh, pretty admirable, right? 
for a lot of people, well, I don't know, maybe not for a lot of people, I would assume there's a, a group of people that wouldn't even bother. They'd just be like, well, that's what had to happen and whatever. But that's kind of what I love about you, Nicky, is you're, you're a compassionate human being with a boatload of energy. Yeah, thanks, man. But uh, I make a lot of mistakes, too. We and all so. make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Listen, we all make a lot yeah. of mistakes. Yeah. Right? But uh, it, it led me down a pretty dark road, Sean. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's... Uh, um, it, it made me come home every time after every trip in like absolute despair thinking, what am I doing with my life? Like if I can create such an impact, you know, in a, in a, you know, halfway across the world, why am I not living there? Why am I not spending all my energy there? And I'd come home in these like crazy depressions and be like, man, I, I need to help more. I need to help more. Like I'll sell everything I have. I need to help more. And, uh, and then I met like my girlfriend, Nicole and, she, you know, taught me that we can make such a huge difference and, and basically we can make that through water. And so we started drilling water wells in, in Nicaragua and trying to, you know, give, give, uh, water to, to those that go without. And, and we brought it back here to Lloyd Minster and we had these huge fundraisers and, and we called it one well at a time. And we would literally drill one well at a time through these fundraisers. And it was, it was just amazing because people in Lloyd Minster were helping out people a world away. And to me, that was incredibly powerful and makes me love this community more and more, just even saying it, because whether you're biking for breakfast and, and helping kids in Lloyd or you're, you know, fundraising for a water well in Chinandega in northwestern Nicaragua, we all want to help. We just need the opportunity to, and we just need the right avenue to, right? Yeah. That's... uh I don't know. That's powerful, powerful stuff, Nick. Uh, it's it's been it's been a um, an interesting trip in a friendship, I would say, us two getting to know each other. Because uh, I have my way of doing it, you have your way of doing it. At times, they're very synergistic in how we attack things and push things along. And like I say, um, you're one of the busiest guys I know who continues to do a high level of the job at all times, right? So, like, there's one thing to be busy. There's another thing to be busy and do it well. And and to work alongside you, that's something I've noticed, is just how efficient and calm and cool and collected you can be. As you've got to know me, you know that I can get, uh, well, I'm an emotional guy. I'm yeah. guided by my emotions at times. It drives me nuts because I want to be calm, cool, and collected. Sometimes... <laughs> I just got to yell and tell somebody to fuck off and be done with it, right? Like, this is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And there is a time and place for that, too. I'm not saying saying that. Um, but to help a world away is something that I find very intriguing because that's a hard idea to sell, honestly. It, it's, it's not that I don't want to help somebody on the other side of the world because I think what you're doing is very admirable. I just look around our area and I know there's things that nobody knows about and that are happening and we have the ability to fix tomorrow if we really want to. Yeah. And if we know the problems, we can do, go do it. It only takes, well, I mean, look at what 11 of us accomplished. I mean, totally. you, add in, you add in Mr. Arby's and all of a sudden you <laughs> got 12 of us, right? Yeah. You, you take 12 of us and all of a sudden you see what happens. It, it just takes a couple people to push it over the ledge and you can make major things happen um but to do it on the other side of the world is a huge huge endeavor well sean we all have the ability to change someone's t 
today, change someone's tomorrow, and change someone's forever. We just need to get off our ass and do it. Because we all, like, you don't have to drill a water well in Nicaragua. You can you can hold a door open for someone. You can share a smile. You can, you can be that ear for someone to listen to, man. Dude, like, there's so many ways that we can all help out and we can make a difference in, in, in everyone's life. And, um, I used to get caught up on like, man, I got to save the world. I got to like, I got to bring water to all these people. These guys don't have water and yet I'm running a half an hour shower before I even get into it. Right. And so have you ever heard the, the parable or the story of the, of the starfish? No, fire away. Man, this is, this is what changed my, my mindset right okay. here. Okay. So I always used to think like, man, how am I going to take on everyone's problems and, and, you know, not come up with a solution. So this is a story. So a, a, a kid is throwing starfish back in the water, right? There's a big rainstorm. All the starfish get swept up and the kid is throwing starfish back in the water. And an old man walks, walking along the beach, comes up to this kid and it's just like, Hey, why are you throwing all these starfish back into the water? And as he's sitting there, you know, throwing one by one, he's like, there's so many starfish out here. You're never going to make a difference. And the kid looks up to the old man. And he's just like, well, I made a difference to this one. And another one goes back in the water. And that's how I started to think about it. I'm not going to be able to take on everyone's problems. I'm not going to be able to solve the problems of the world but I can make a difference in one person's life. And if that's all that I can do, well, hell, I did a damn good job of it then. And so whenever we go on a brigade, whenever we, you know, try to try to help out, whether it's bike for breakfast or whether it's um, drilling a water well in Nicaragua or whether it's a dental brigade or whether we're trying to, you know, fix, fix eyes with our optometry partners in, in, in India, we're not going to be able to help everyone but we made a difference to that one person. And that's the mindset. And the thing is that I love about that is you don't know where the one person you fixed, where their life goes and where they go and help yeah. and, and how it can just spread. Totally. And Nicole, my girlfriend, she, uh, she, she taught, she helped me like riddle all this out in my head. And, and cause you know, she's been through there through all that too. And she calls it the ripple. Right? Like we've all heard the ripple. You throw a stone in the water, yep. it creates a ripple. And that's exactly what it is. From us helping that one person, what if we've been able to open up their life? Like like now that they have water, they don't have to go travel three hours to go to the closest clean water source. Oh, what? Now they can go to school because women and children were the primary, you know, sources of getting water from the closest clean water source. Well, now we put those girls back into school. Now we've given them an education just from providing a water well in that community. What are, do they have the ability to do now? It's the ripple, right? And so I'm, I'm so excited to see it. And it's cool when you get to go back to these communities and, and you get to see these kids that like, like, you know, Hey, I, I pulled a couple of your abscessed teeth when you were six and then you go back and they're nine and you know, they're in school and, and you can see the book bags in there and you're like, huh, pretty cool. I wonder what's going to happen. You think more people should have the ability to do something like that? And uh, like uh, Trisha Hunter was telling me today, hmm. another one of the Bike for Breakfast Absolutely. Crew. Phenomenal member of the Bike for Breakfast. Yes. Yeah. She was telling me that what, uh, and I'm going to butcher this, Trisha, so I apologize. But what her and BPC did for, I believe, Christmas was instead of, you know, like in the oil industry, it's been commonplace you know you take your 
your best customer is a bottle of whatever, or you take them for supper, or you send them to an oiler game, or you send them blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And what they did um, was Trisha got these backpacks together, and inside it, she jammed as many blankets, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spacing on everything, blankets, granola bars, uh, warm hoodie, you know, anything you could possibly need in the worst place a person could be and so what they did was they went out and gave them to customers and said the next time you're wherever and you see a person in need give them this and then tell us about it and i was like damn that's awesome that's that's unbelievable so good because now everybody gets to feel and see what doing something like that to somebody can you imagine being on the you know you're sitting on the curb and you got nothing literally nothing and i know I know there's people there that have put themselves there and everything else, but so everybody's got a story on how their lives got to a certain place. And to do something like that and have that initiative, I thought, I was like, wow, that is a cool idea. But then on top of it, now their customers get to give it to people and see the reactions and get to feel that because there is a, an emotional interaction that happens when you do something kind like that for somebody, especially when you're not asking for anything back. It's like, here, you look like you could use this and uh, have a Merry Christmas, right? Like, that's pretty cool. Oh, there's no question. And I think you nailed it right there. Doing something for someone that doesn't have the ability or, or the need to pay you back. I think that's that's the real part of the, the power behind that message there. And I think that's what, I think that's what gives us all purpose is, is doing doing things for others that don't have the ability to, to, you know, pay you back. If you want to change your mindset and you know, you're all your, you're on the rat race of, of living in life or living in Lloydminster or wherever you are. If you start, you know, trying to do something for someone that doesn't have the ability to pay you back just that one day, like in this one example here, like, man, that, that will, that, that will set your soul on fire and you're going to be addicted to that feeling. So, I think that's a phenomenal idea on, on BPC and, and uh, I'm going to be stealing that cause that's awesome. Well, that's, <laughs> I assume that's Miss Trisha Hunter or Mrs. Yeah, Trisha Hunter. She's awesome. Yeah. And we both know yeah. she's brilliant. Yeah, like, she's she fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I love um, you, you said a line at the start before we started recording, you said, if you sit still, you lose your purpose. Yeah. You believe that? Absolutely. We're, we're, we're meant to sit still when we're dead. If you can't do something to to change the the surroundings you're in, you're uh, you're you're gonna fall on this hamster wheel, man, and and you're never going to get ahead, and nothing is ever going to be enough. And so if you if you constantly you know strive for that that purposeful life, and and you know do that by by sharing that with others, I I really think for me anyway, that's that's what's changed my mindset, and that's what's allowed me to you know keep that positive energy i guess do you ever sit still no <laughs> hell no man i can't what, sit still man what do you do for vacation like what, what what are your hobbies away from like trying to save the world and dentistry um so uh my girlfriend and i we like to backpack and and if we weren't if it weren't for covid right now we would be backpacking in indonesia somewhere and uh the cool thing I like about her is, is she'll be like, okay, today we're going to spend $5. We're going to make this $5 stretch and we will go on buses and we will share meals together and we'll sleep in the dodgiest place out there. 
And I love that stuff, man. It's, it's so cool to, you know, at the moment you're like, what the hell are we doing? This is so stupid. But then you get off of it and you're like, that led to so many cool experiences. Cause like, man, you can all, anyone can go, you know, go to Mexico for a week and, and sit by the pool and drink beer. But man, you never get, you never get a fulfilled life out of that. Um, I don't know, man, but like even on our last dental brigade to India, we, this is kind of a, a weird story. We were sleeping, like we were sleeping in this like, you know, hotel, I would call it. The sheets haven't been washed and who knows how long you just, you just have to not think about it and, and go upon your day. Right. But then we woke up one day and, 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 uh, one of the people were like, there's a, there's a condom wrapper like at the foot of the bed. And I'm like, that must've not been there before. They didn't clean the room. Right. And they're like, okay. And the next day I wasn't there. Of course it was clean. But then the following day we come home from the dental like clinic and there's another one there. And then we like, you know, look into it. And when we go to open one of the room doors, someone closes it from the inside, like one of our, our uh, doors and they're renting out the rooms and we're staying in a brothel. And we don't even know that stuff. Right. Like, and yeah, it was a pretty dodgy place. Maybe we should have known that stuff, but those are the experiences that keep you going back, right? Like where else in the world would, would anyone get themselves into those, into those scenarios? Right. So I, I don't know. I love that shit. You're looking for adventure. I'm looking for adventure. And, and, uh, and that's why, that's why when I sat you here and said, I want to bike to Tufnel, Saskatchewan, you're like, yeah, man, hundred percent. I still, you know what? I I'm embarrassed. I still don't know where Tufnel is on a map. <laughs> you and the rest of Lloyd. I God. didn't even look at a map. I'm like, you know what? That sounds crazy and that sounds fun. And that sounds something that we can, you know, push our limits and 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 you always gotta say yes to, to every experience that's that's given to you, right? Yeah, I think so. I I, like, I don't man, know. You biked across Canada. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. I think it's less crazy than than you'd believe. I don't know. maybe I'm wrong. I Biking Canada seem like your brain can't comprehend it. It's like the starfish on the beach. It's like, yeah. how are you going to get them all? I don't know. But then one day you bike 40K. And then the next day you bike 100K. And then the next day you bike another 40K. And all of a sudden you're across province and a half. And you're like, oh, we got a problem. And you get to do the old check mark, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then you bike. And then you bike. And then you bike. And pretty soon you're across the Maritimes. Yeah. And you get to just kind of X off things. And, like, and you slowly check it off. It takes time, and it definitely takes uh, being willing to be a little uncomfortable. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think what I'm, um, I've learned, and I'm still learning for that matter, is some of the best experiences in life come from where you're the most uncomfortable. Like right. you just like, oh, this is gonna be tough. But tough equals a story, and stories usually equate to good times, lessons learned. Uh, you learn more about yourself than you could ever imagine. And that beats easy any day of the week. Yeah. Right. No, I, I couldn't agree more, man. You no, gotta, you gotta let me in on this. You're, you're going to school again. Yeah, man. What the heck are you You doing? can't sit still. Like, <laughs> so let me, let me tell you, let me, let's go down this road. So before, before COVID, um, on the weekends, I thought it would be, you know, pretty cool to, to share my skills with other dentists. Okay. So I, I never had that mentor. I wish I had. You hear about these, uh, 
um, you know, I talk to my friends and they have people mentoring them, you know, you're a young grad in the profession and it's nice to have mentors. And, and I never had that mentor. I never had someone to, you know, share, share everything with me that, that they've learned in their, in their long careers. I just didn't have that. And so I wanted to be that person for other people. So I started teaching and I would teach, um, other younger dentists, how did, you know, the best thing that I think I'm good at is, is, you know, taking out teeth and taking out wisdom teeth and putting people to sleep and taking out wisdom teeth. And, and, um, I love that part about my job and, and that's a whole other story, but, um, I thought it'd be cool to, you know, teach people that. So I was on, I would work five days a week and then like Saturday and Sunday, I'd fly across the country in Vancouver or Toronto or, or wherever. And I would be teaching dentists and then I'd be back at work on Monday. So I really never sat still. Right. And then I started, uh, during COVID, of course, couldn't travel. So I made all my courses online and I started like, you know, all these, my, my own website and, and one thing led to a next. And, uh, and then I got stuck and I'm like, I don't know how to market anything because I've never marketed anything in my life. I'm, I don't know advertising. I refuse to advertise. I don't even know what that's about. Why would I spend money on advertising when I can help out a charity? You know what I mean? Like to me, I get a lot more satisfaction of doing that than it would be advertising, but it's led me back to school because now I'm like, you know what? I can help charity and I can learn, learn to, you know, spread the word. So I've, I've always been interested in it. So I've gone back to school to get a degree in marketing. That's what you're doing. Getting a digital I, marketing. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't even know the first thing about it. But I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to challenge myself and I, I want to, you know, learn something outside of dentistry because I don't want to just be like, you know, one dimensional. I'm still, I'm going back to school. I'm still going to be a dentist. I love my job. I'd never give it up. But uh, I'm, I'm having fun doing this. It's, it's been interesting. Have you ever gotten close to burnout? So many times. So many times. Nonstop, actually. Yeah. And uh, I've been forced to take, you know, the odd Monday off because it's, it's, it's burnout, right? But... I think what we're referring to is like, you know, when we're ready to hand in the towel. Um, I used to get that way on the, on the way home from dental brigades because I would say, you know what, you're so tired, you've given everything your all and you're like, what am I doing here? I need to be down there. I'm, I'm burnt out. I can't, I can't stand running an office. It's hard to, you know, have 30 employees look at you every day and be like, okay, now what? Like that, that, that's hard, man. And, and especially during COVID, that was hard to navigate. And I think we've all had burnout over, over this, this time trying to, you know, deal with the rules and it's just be easier to, to call in sick. But, um, uh, what, what's helped me a lot was, um, I see a counselor and, 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 uh, that, that helps me like, you know, talk things out and put things in perspective, but going back to my original mindset, whenever I am feeling burnt out is, is doing things that get me out of that. And that's trying to help others, man, because that's like, I know I'm a a full self-fulfilling prophecy here, but it's, it's, if I can do something for someone else today, I I create that purpose. Right. And then I I have no reason to be burned out. I wish more, there's a ton of great volunteers. I shouldn't say that, but I wish more people volunteered their time. Um, because I don't think they understand the um, feeling that comes from doing it and the cool people you meet along the way. Uh, Ken and I were talking about this, you know, today because, yeah. you know, we're biking and you're sitting there talking to Trisha and Natalie and, and uh, we bumped into Nigel because he's got the Bobcats, yeah. uh, you know, and you just, 
you do things and it doesn't have to be anything like that heck it could be a, it could be a lot of different things but you meet all these volunteers that are donating their time to make our community better and they're special people and they're interesting people and they all come with their own stories and they all come and there's this emotional high that comes off of that not to mention the good times and laughter and everything else that comes from doing something like that um somehow in our society i feel like volunteering is equated to work <laughs> and I don't know how to erase that because that isn't true whatsoever. Sure, there is some work in there, but that is not uh, that is not exactly correct, right? Yeah, there's some hard work at times, yeah. But most of the time, with the hard work is good times and meeting good people and then doing good things for others. Absolutely. And it just keeps you going, eh? And and I feel like I feel like we all saw a bit of that well, a lot of that with this bike for breakfast, because we weren't, none of us were able to do that in a year and a half, man. Like we, we were never able to connect with one another in that way. And we all, we, we were saying we were going to have to cancel it because of COVID, but it was, it, it was cool because it was a lot of work, but man, it, it connected us. And, and I feel like, you know, I've made 10 new brothers and sisters through it. And it's a camaraderie that you get, right? Just from volunteering. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, it. I want to flip to finally the Crude Master Final Five. I know it's been a quick hour, yeah, yeah. but I don't want to keep you in here all night. I know you uh, are a busy guy, and I know you got lots of things, I'm sure, on the go. Um, so five quick questions, and then yeah. we'll have you out of here, okay? Yeah, yeah. And saying that, you go as long as you want. I'm always curious with guests if they could have one person to sit down with, who would they take? Who would they want to pick their brain on? Oh, man. Man, you guys are, uh, I don't even know, man. You know, I got to go back to my basketball roots. I can't think of anyone like, you know, off, offside. I love hanging out with my dad. I don't think I need to ask him anything, no. But um, for me, I've always been addicted to that Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant. Kobe man. Bryant. It's, uh, I, 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 Kobe. Can't, I can't say I share, you know, his, his full ability to to just focus i wish i could but uh i would love to pick his brain and see how he becomes so determined because i think uh i don't know i, I love that stuff and I, I i love reading about him and and uh and his books and and his life and of course there's a huge tragedy uh when that happened but uh the mamba mentality kobe bryant man you mentioned uh, at the start before we fired this up that you're a TV show guy. Yeah. You like your TV shows. Yeah. What uh, what TV show uh, are you currently watching? And then what TV show is your favorite? Um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm a huge TV show guy. And the main reason I'm a TV show guy is I can't turn my brain off. Like I, I never take, I don't usually take the time to watch TV or anything like that. And so I have cable. I don't watch cable, um, but I have to watch something to put my mind to sleep. And I know it's weird, but that's the only, that's the only way I've ever been able to get to sleep since I was uh, like 12 years old. I needed to have like something in the background. And so for me now it's the office and I've probably been through, <laughs> I've probably been through that series probably eight or nine times. And it's, it's, it's not that I'm even watching it now. It's just that it puts my mind. Noise. It puts yeah. my mind at ease, man. Like hearing Michael Scott just be an idiot. Like for, there's something comforting about that to me. And I think I'd be, I would hazard a guess to think that 
a lot of people my age would would agree with that too because there is something comforting we all grew up with like you know family matters and step by step and and it was just like you know wholesome family entertainment and fresh that's what prince. you yeah fresh prince that's what you get with the office it's there's no there's no ex, like there's no extra it's just it's just wholesome wholesome comedy that you can turn your mind off to here's here's a a funny story about the office okay so yeah. i didn't watch it when it came out didn't, huge mistake didn't care <laughs> didn't have the time for it i watched like one episode michael scott drove me nuts yeah like yeah. i just couldn't take it yeah and then it was probably like five years after the office was done everything was but i i still didn't follow along with any of it so i had no idea what was going on i didn't yeah. care and then you know one day like this is this is literally i don't know three four years ago whatever I decided, you know what? Everybody talks so highly about The Office. I'm going to start watching. Yeah, and I yeah. watched it from the first episode all the way through. And uh, A, it was fantastic. That first season, Michael oh, Scott. Oh, first season is, was horrible. Yeah, yeah. That well, was too much. That was it's, too it's, much. It's, it's, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, you just, he's so stupid. It drives you nuts. Yeah. And saying that, it's, it's superb. Yeah. But I will give The Office a huge props for when Michael Scott leaves mm-hmm. and then bring in Will Ferrell. See, I even five years after, I didn't know what happens. Yeah. So when the first episode, Will Ferrell's in, I'm like, this is awful. And if this is how it continues, <laughs> I'm done. Right? Like, I'm invested <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. I'm done. And then they cart him off and, I, and then he never comes back. I'm like, that was brilliant. And yeah. actually, I'm, I'm actually quite happy about what they just <laughs> did. Right? And it makes you forget about Michael Scott, which you should never do at that point. Totally. But what they did was excellent in writing. Yeah. No, I uh, I love it, man, and I'll continue to watch that show every night before bed. You know, between eleven thirty and and twelve, and uh, I just I, I don't know. I love it. What I'm watching right now, uh, dare I say, too hot to handle. You ever watch that show on Netflix? Uh. It's just pure garbage, but it's so addicting, and you get the people at work talking about it, and then you're like, "What's going on?" Well, Bachelor's not going on, so now you got to watch this stuff. I, I am embarrassed I even said that, but <laughs> I wish people well people can see my face. <laughs> Best show of all time, Seinfeld. No question. Ooh. Yeah, no question. I uh I have uh I didn't even know I had P V R, but I have P V R and I remember uh I probably recorded one episode of Seinfeld and then recorded the whole series. So now um on my P V R I'll watch Seinfeld. Like every like at least once a week. I love that stuff, man. And it's so it's kind of like weird because if if he came out with that show now, there's a couple of like really offside episodes. Yeah, but that's you'd never th- get away with it. Yeah, but listen, that's history. You go anywhere back in history, we can erase half the stuff because it was offside. But at the time, it wasn't. <laughs> at the time, it wasn't. And it now was, it's yeah. the rules have changed. But that's life. Totally like, right. You go go anywhere you want in history, you can find offside things. Absolutely. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> it's pretty 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 darn funny show though i love it you what's your favorite show okay so i uh i think the best show to ever hit television ever hmm. only the first season was true detective matthew mcconaughey mm-hmm. and willie harrelson murder mystery really messed up dark superb acting it is the best thing that's ever hit ever hit the tv did you read matthew mcconaughey's book yeah Greenlights, yeah. fantastic. Interesting. Hey? I want to interview him so bad. Like <laughs> he is, he is my type of guy, and he, yeah. you know, traveled the United States in a, in a, a trailer and just pull into random places, and you know, and he's Matthew freaking McConaughey. I know, right? right? Like it's wild. 
Yeah, he's not just the guy in the Lincoln commercial. Like That's he's, right. He's got a whole background to him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you start journaling after that? Uh, I journaled before. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I not nearly as much as him. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I still. I, sometimes the easiest way to get out of your head is to put it on paper. And Absolutely, especially in the middle of the night. Hey, you want to get something out of your head so you can go to bed? You write it down. I can't sit here and say I have a problem sleeping. No. Listen, I've been Ooh. so I just ended a seventy-two fast, seventy-two hour fast today. So I what? Hadn't, eaten, hadn't eaten in seventy-two hours. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Why? Um, I'm heavy, and I'm tired of being heavy. And so I've, d- I've done a ton of reading on on fasting and how healthy it is for your body. Yeah. And so I, uh, I don't know, I did a seventy-two hour fast. But this is what I'm talking about. This is willpower. This is that voice in your head telling you, no, I can do this. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's that's badass, man. Yeah, so I I don't know. It, I don't know. Se- Seventy two hours allows you. It's the first time I'd ever done it, and it forces you to talk to yourself. I don't. I that sounds odd. I was just talking to Vance Crow about this uh, on a previous episode, but you got that in your monologue, and when you start doing things like not eating. It starts talking loud and you got to have a conversation with it. Like, listen, this is what we're doing. You don't like it. That's fine. We're going to carry on because I'm not going this way for another three years. Right. Like COVID COVID uh, sucked. Yeah. Like the year sucked. I have no, I'm just yeah. like, it wasn't good. And uh, there was a lot of good things that came out of it. I'm not sitting here saying the year was bad, but like for me, I just, I wasn't active. I'm an active guy. I like being playing hockey or, getting out with the kids and doing whatever. And, you know, the bike for breakfast was part of that brainchild. It's like, I got to get moving here. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm just bulking up and I'm not doing anything about it. Right. And I just, then you, when you start putting on weight and you just kind of like, ah, ah, whatever. Right. I'll have another burrito or whatever else. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Mel and the kids are down in the States and when they're gone, I get to do extreme things. Fasting is in our world extreme. And, uh, so I was like, screw it. That's exactly what I'm going to do because then it forced me to be like, you know what? I don't really care what you're, we're not going that way. We're going to, we're going to go this way. And it's been a really enjoyable experience. Honestly, the best sleeps have come during while I'm fasting. What? Really? I'm not kidding you. Do 72 hours just drinking water. Yeah. Wow. And you're not drunk just drinking one beer right now. Uh, no. <laughs> um, no, I, I feel, I, I don't know. I, I feel really good. I, People have this idea in their head. If you don't eat for a day, yeah, you're gonna get weak, and you know. And for some people, I'm not sitting here and saying it doesn't. For everybody, there, everybody's a little different. But if you can power through those, and whatever you got to do, drink water. I mean, you got to drink water and stuff like that. You you'll hit this point where you're like, "Geez, I'm not even hungry." Like, this is kind of odd. And then you kind of get like this energy perk, right? Like I was dancing around the the parade today and I was at like 71 hours of not eating. And I was like, wow, oh, this feels pretty good. Like I feel pretty good right now. Like here we go. And uh, I've read that if you do a seven day fast, which I've not gotten there and don't worry, folks, I'm not on my way there. Yeah. But I've heard that day five, six, seven are wild. Like how much energy you have and everything else. No, I never have experienced it and i really want to get a guy on one of the doctors who's written on it yeah because it's it's fascinating to me that's incredible man 
So how do you translate that mindset or translate that focus into other areas of your life? Well, so me and me and Vance were having this this conversation, like almost verbatim, and not transferring the mindset, but just I got to a point, and you know this, in Bike for Breakfast, where I burned out. Like I was just it, it overwhelmed me, like how fast it went along, and I loved it, but I still had other commitments I had to be doing. I couldn't just do seven days a week; it was impossible. And uh, I hit this point where I was on autopilot with the podcast. I was almost on autopilot with bike for breakfast. I was almost on autopilot with my, my life just to kind of like survive and survives. It may be a little extreme, but you get the idea. And then when, when it all ended and everything started to go back to normal, you just need good habits to start building that foundation again to, to get like thing. Okay. I'm good. And for me, fasting is one of those good habits that puts everything back in focus. It's yeah. been a very good experience for me because it's forced me to take back control of my routine and everything else. And before COVID, I had a really solid routine. Like I was a guy who was up most days at 5 a.m. You know, I journaled a lot. I read a lot. I worked out. I was walking dogs. Like I was I was going and I've struggled to get out of bed at 5 in the morning. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And I just can't get back there. And fasting forces you to look inwards because your body's like screaming at you why don't you just put a potato chip in your face or anything right and it's like no we're gonna we're gonna do this man sean this is it's kind of like symbolic how it's you know end of restrictions get your life back i lost my camera on you but that's all right you don't need to see me anyway (laughs) (laughs) yeah i strange i uh yeah I, I don't know sorry you were saying you were saying symbolic it's it's just it's super symbolic that you can get your life back like covid i think covid robbed us of a lot of our lives and now you're you're getting control back in your life i i really admire that man that's huge oh, i appreciate that yeah, that's I, awesome man i um i don't know yeah i i just wasn't happy with where i was at yeah and one day you wake up and you go, enough's enough. Enough's enough, <laughs> honestly. Right? Yeah. And you know it isn't like one day and you're back to where you were. No, it's yeah, going to yeah. take time and totally. consistency and everything else. Yeah, yeah. But one day at a time and all of a sudden you're 10 days in and you're like, yeah, I like this. I this feels good. And let's go. Fuck yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Good for you, Sean. That's um, if you could go back to your younger days. Yeah. You know, we got we got sidetracked on that. Yeah, yeah. If you could go back to your younger days and become a professional athlete, I know you'd become a basketball player. No question. Okay. Yeah. So what basketball team would you sign up for tomorrow, and who would you want on your, I don't know, on your team? Like back then or now? Because right now basketball sucks. Oh, really? I think we all admit that. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'd, you don't even watch it. I'm not watching. I think basketball now is a shade of what it of what it was back in is that because of the super teams oh well, yeah it's ridiculous right like you can't just buy your team but it's also there's no drama like if you want to talk about drama it's the nba on nbc triple headers on a saturday morning when you have you know the 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 preambles and and uh you know the i don't even know what they call it. i guess the mini commercials before the game starts where 
Uh, you have Carl Malone and John Stockton going up against Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And those were the days, man. Like, that's that's what basketball was. And now it's just, you know, shooting threes and hit as many threes as you can. And whoever hits more threes wins the game. And that's all it is. There's no, there's no drama. There's nothing to it. <laughs> A basketball guy who thinks basketball stinks. All right, fair. Yeah, I mean, so what phenomenal you're, basketball. It's college basketball, right? Like we all, we all have fair. watched like March Madness. Yeah, people stay home and watch March Madness, right? Actually, I don't know if there's a in all the sports if there is a better tournament to watch than March Madness. And I love the first round of the NHL playoffs, but March Madness is pretty wild, and they give her at all times, and anyone can win. And don't get me wrong, there's obviously favorites, but how many times have you seen the upsets and it's just wild? Oh, totally, right? Yeah, no, I uh, I love it. I still remember watching Steph Curry when he was playing for Davidson, like an unknown school, and here he is. Like, if you ever go back and watch like highlights, Steph Curry literally looks like he's 12 years old and just shooting out the lights, man. Like, that was that was awesome to see. But um, back to my, if I was on any team, Orlando Magic, Orlando, Orlando Magic, Shaquille O'Neal, yeah, Penny Hardaway, yeah, Nick Anderson, Horace Grant, you know Horace Grant, and goggles, and Nicky and Nicky Jamal, Jamal. <laughs> and dominate. We would have won that title. <laughs> the Orlando Magic. I remember uh, when they were the thing. They I, were, yeah. and they had that little like uh, what was it, Little Penny, Little, yeah. little Penny. He's on uh, those Seven uh, Eleven commercials. <laughs> I say you don't want to watch a lot of TV. <laughs> NBA on NBC. You mentioned back when you were uh, age seven, um, you watched uh, a lot of wrestling. Who was your favorite wrestler when you were seven? Undertaker. Um, Undertaker. Do you remember Undertaker versus uh, Yokozuna? You know, <laughs> I can't believe we're bringing this up right now. <laughs> and you'd beg your, you'd beg your dad to be like, "Hey, dad." can I have WrestleMania and can you, can you order the pay-per-view? And he'd be like, what are you joking me? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I think we all loved wrestling back then. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. 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 Who's your favorite back in the day? Yeah. Like, so my favorite wrestler of all time was the rock, but that's, yeah. that's, you know, we are getting into the late nineties yeah, kind of say, thing. Right? Those later, later WWF. I liked, um, who was the uh, the tag team who had the spikes on their shoulders? Oh, the was it the Nasty Boys? No, not the no. Nasty Boys. Who was that? Hmm. Oh man, tip of the tongue. There, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I can see them in my head. There was like uh, like football pads with spikes on them, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember. But that was like that was good drama back then. And it's funny because as a kid, I was like, is this real? Is this fake? Is this real? It looks pretty real. The, road, real. the road Warriors. The Road Warriors. Yeah, I wouldn't guess that one. Hawk and uh, Animal and Hawk. Animal <laughs> and Hawk. And they wore the big yeah. shoulder pads with, with the spikes everywhere. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know why. I remember liking them. I liked the Hulk, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Who didn't have, who didn't like him, right? Yeah. But my my heyday of uh, wrestling was The Rock, and he was, wow. There's a reason why. What do they call him Rocky Maivia? Was it Rocky? Yeah, something like that. At yeah, the start. yeah. 
He he had the people's elbow. Like his his <laughs> his ability. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, his yeah. ability to win a crowd over because he yeah. started as a heel, right? Yeah. Everybody hated him, and he was so charismatic. He he had a way of just electrifying the building. Mm-hmm. And I would just watch just to wait for him to come on, right? And they'd always stack the odds against him. Jeez, I sound like a total... Like, I haven't watched wrestling in forever, <laughs> right? Like, when The Rock left, I was kind of like, ah, it's over for me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, they'd stack the Triple H and all those guys against him, and he just... Just always won. What about Stone Cold? Yeah, Stone Cold was the second. Was number good. two. Yeah. Yeah. Stone Cold. Smash the beers, drink yeah. them, give the, the Stone Cold... Stunner. The stunner, yeah. Yeah, him and always Vince McNa- Mc- McMahon. <laughs> McMahon. Kick do him you, and then drop him. And- do you remember? I can't believe we're the biggest dorks right now. Do you remember when Vince McMahon started actually fighting? Yes. And we'd be, I always be like, what? He's fighting? And then he takes his shirt off. And I remember jumping up and being like, he's got muscles. <laughs> well, he's the owner, right? You didn't yeah, expect right? it from... No, he didn't. He's always wearing a suit, right? Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, he's an actual character now. He's going to kick everyone's ass. <laughs> we will never repeat this well it's gonna get repeated <laughs> on repeat now for a little i don't know yeah everybody loved wrestling back in the day yeah it was, that's right it was theater and it was theater and, and it, was, they, it was theater for us for no, sure that's right yeah. yeah i loved it man and pa- the uh, paul barrel undertaker was one thing paul bearer scared <laughs> the living jesus out of me as a kid you know yeah no i hear that were you scared of ghosts as a kid was I scared of ghosts? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I ever really believed in ghosts. Really? You? Oh, man. Terrified. How did that happen? Ter- I don't know, man. You know what? You know what it was? In grade five, someone brought a book to school, and it was like Bloody Mary. You remember Bloody Mary? You look in the mirror three times and say Bloody Mary, and she appears? Yeah, sure. I am. Ever since then, to this day, you will never catch me in a dark bathroom. Really? I, it just freaks me out, man. There's something about it. I can't get it. Don't you dare tell me a ghost story right now. I'll walk right out of here. You don't want to hear a ghost nope, story? No, 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 no. It freaks me out. You, you I don't, don't know what it is. I got a good ghost nah, story don't, for don't you. Don't even know. I got a good uh, ghost story for go. you. Here we go. So uh, our house that we live in, yeah. um, every time at roughly 8 o'clock, okay, mm-hmm. on the front door, there's like this. Not like that, but like a heavy. So when it first started happening, I would get up because I thought a bird hit the window. That's yeah. if you can hear a bird hitting the window, folks. That's what it sounds like. like. Thunk. Yeah, like yeah. thunk. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So then I go open the door and look for the bird. And, oh, must got up and left, or you know, right? Like whatever. And then after like I don't know the twentieth day of it happening, Mel and I were like, okay, something you know, something isn't exactly like right. Every day at eight o'clock. Yep. Yeah, it happened last night. Did you st- try standing outside and looking? No, why? Oh, man. Okay. I guess I they go where I get to, Naki, is I go, isn't bothering me. Like, you just, whoever it is, isn't bothering me. And um, I'm cool with that. Heck, half the time I'll talk to him. I'll be like, hey, man, hope everything's going good. I'm just watching a show, having a beer. <laughs> right? Like, what are you going to do? Oh, man. Freaks me out, man. I don't know. It's just just having something that can't be explained really freaks me out. Yeah, but there's so much that can't be explained. Right? I know, but when you go deep down into it, everything can be explained. Like, everything has an explanation. But the supernatural doesn't, man. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I don't know. There's a lot, <laughs> To me, there's a lot that can't be explained. And that's what science and 
people doing all different types of things are trying to explain everything and it'll never, it'll never end ever. Yeah. There is always, there will always be unexplainable things that happen and it's not going to occupy my mind. I got Mm. enough things to worry about. Stuff going on. That's why I watch the office at night. I don't have to think about it. It's just smooth sailing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you listen podcasts? Yeah. All right. Here's your final one then. Yeah. Other than the Sean Newman podcast, what's the podcast of choice? I do like your podcast, Sean. Uh, Revisionist History. Oh, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. There's something about his voice, man. It's just, I don't know. It's. it's I'd love to get him on the podcast. Yeah. He's Canadian, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Smart man. Smart as, as heck. I love his ability to flip flip the conversation around and have you believe him. You know what I mean? Like uh, every, like you just view things out of it, like out of a different light. Um, I really like his his books and and uh, no man, Malcolm Gladwell just just has that ability that that captivating voice to to keep you going, man. Absolutely. Yeah. What's your favorite podcast? What do you listen to? Well, I say it on here all the time. Um, you'll see the quote on the wall. Whatever yeah. time you have, attack like you're trying to save the world. Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah. Um, he 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 has a speech in like episode nine something and it's not a speech, but it's just a snippet out of one of his podcasts where he says that along with, um, he just really resonated with me and where I'm at in life. Mm -hmm. And so Joe Rogan to me is, is, um, his ability to get some of the smartest, coolest people on the planet on his podcast to open up, to talk about things, to, you know, drink and smoke weed and just be open about things is wild. And I love it. Um, and then, you know, if if I uh, drill down into something like closer to home, I really like 222 Minutes. He's a, yep. a, a guy from Saskatchewan originally that has like a 17-minute monologue about, you know, basically Canadian politics. And it makes me laugh out loud. And yeah. no, very few podcasts allow me to do that. And it's just, you know, it's, it's vulgar. So I don't suggest kids listening to that. I, I suggest if you're into politics and kind of want a, a humorous take on what's going on. He does it like 15 minutes and it's, it's awesome. And then, uh, you know, I listen to revisionist history. Um, I listened to another one too, that is, uh, um, oh, history, the future is the history or history is the future or something like that. And it mm-hmm. goes back and tells old stories, uh, about how it applies to now, like we're, how we're almost repeating. Oh, yeah, yeah And okay, it, yeah. it's it's pretty cool. So I listen, I don't know, I listen to a lot. Vance Crow is a guy I just had on this past week, yeah. and uh, he's super cool individual. I enjoy listening to him, so I drive a ton. So I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yeah. Where do you see the, the future of podcasts going? Well, I think it's going to, I see it continuing to trend up. Um I don't see a lot of people listening to radio anymore. Um, Absolutely. I think there's, uh, I I don't see that happening either. Every, everybody, you know, and I don't know what the age is. I don't know if it's 50 and younger, 40 and younger, but there is a break. Um, Because there is, you know, there's lots of people who still enjoy the radio and hearing the local news and whatever. But I would say um, for sure my age demographic and younger, if they're listening to things, it's Spotify, it's YouTube, it's podcasts or it's it's like audible and books right you can mm-hmm. listen to books on that have become really good and so to me uh you want to get 
what's going on in Lloydminster or you want to get what's going on anywhere, there's probably a podcast for it. Um, you want to, you want to be entertained. You can literally search any subject on podcasting and find one with five stars and, and it's excellent. And to me, podcasts for the next however many years are going to be in its golden age. And that's, I think they're going up. Absolutely. I, I totally hear you. Because that's what I do in the car too. I'll be like, what do I want to learn about today? And I remember listening to the the coffee one with some fellow on the Joe Rogan podcast. It was phenomenal, man. Yeah. Like you can literally pick up anything and, and uh, yeah. Well, no, I love it. listen, I, before I started fasting, yeah, I searched fasting on the podcast. I yeah. found uh, about six different podcasts. Started listening to one and like refresh my brain. I'm like, oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And that took me one afternoon and boom, now you remember, and you can do that on any subject, any subject, there's something out there on it. Like it's wild. Yeah, man. I totally hear that. I love it. Well, thank you, sir, for coming in and and doing this. You know, Sean, I've, uh, I've always, uh, you know, been impressed by your guests and I'm just honored to be one of them. Well, you've, you've, uh, been suggested to me a lot. Oh yeah. Is that, uh, they want to know who, who the neck is master is the neck meister <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh and uh so i appreciate you coming in and indulging me and indulging the listener and in a little bit of your backstory and how you got into dentistry and everything else yeah no for real sean like uh over this last year i'm telling you highlighted 2021 sitting down here having a cider but it was a pilsner <laughs> um talking about you know getting to know you and, and bike for breakfast and and uh, i have a good feeling we're going to uh set the city on fire and, and do some really cool things in the upcoming years, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. Well, thanks again. Got it, buddy. Thanks, Sean. Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us today. If you just stumbled on the show, please click subscribe. Then scroll to the bottom and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time.